Welcome to the High Value Customer Podcast, the show for business leaders to learn how to attract and retain high value customers. This week's guest is Tom Ross from Four Solutions, based in Ringwood and Basingstoke. Their customers are business operations professionals in the construction, transportation, aviation, and retail sectors. They deliver IoT strategy, asset tracking software, and business communications. They help build a business case for digital compliance, which saves them time, money, and increases performance. Thanks for joining us today, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Chris. You? Very well, thank you. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Let's kick things off. Can you um, give us a quick story as to how you've got to where you've got to in your career? Give us a bit of your back back story. Um, So uh, my background is um, I'm I'm actually a welder by trade. Um, So I started life um, working for a race team. Uh, down in Upton and Poor as an IndyCar team as the welder. Um, but during that time, I was also heavily into motocross um, and the pressure of working in that environment as a welder and having deadlines, you know, races with deadlines mm. um, and doing motocross uh, uh, made me quite a competitive and focused um, engineer, hands-on, led type of person. Yeah. Um, from that, I, I then worked um, for another IndyCar team and helped build the world's um, fastest car, broke sound barrier. Um, and eventually I got into kind of retail engineering and worked for a company called Jamspeed, which is probably a lot of people know, um, manufacturing stainless steel exhausts, um, and designing, um, cars. So got into the design element of that. Then ended up at a company called Top Gear, um, based in Bridport. And we had a franchise network of performance exhaust fitting shops, which I ended up selling and developing with franchises. Um, but during this whole time, um, my dad was, uh, a Dale Carnegie instructor and had the UK franchise for about 35 years. So I'd grown up with Dale Carnegie. Um, I ended up supporting my dad in his business for a while and being a self-employed sales consultant and then became a trainer for Dale Carnegie. Mm. Um, Four Solutions um, were a Dale Carnegie customer um, and uh, I ended up managing the Four Solutions account. Um, and over a couple of years, you know, working with a parent can be quite challenging and uh and decided it probably wasn't for me and um quite close to the guys at four solutions i then got offered a job at four solutions so 4th of january 2011 i think it was um i started as a self-employed sales director um at four solutions um, mm. and about 18 months later my then md was was selling the uh, selling the business and uh i was going to help him sell it and leave and do something different and somehow I, uh, I managed to get roped into buying it and uh, <laughs> the rest is history, as they say. And how long ago was that? So um, we completed the deal um, t- December 2012. Um, we did the management buyout um, and, uh, and that's all kind of well, two, three years behind us now in terms of its, its, its overall completion. And if you used to go through that process again, what tips would you, uh, what do you wish you knew? Like if you was, you know, someone else was thinking about buying out there, doing a management buyout, what did you learn in that situation? Oh, that's a million dollar question. And I'll try, and I'll try to keep it as, as short and as, as, uh, as relevant as possible. Um, I think every figure you see, half it, hmm. um, take the rose colored glasses off, um, don't live the dream. Be really, really critical of, of, of what it is you're looking at. Um, mm. Turn over every stone, um, and don't and, and don't don't listen to the end goal. M- make your own decisions. Um, so I think if anyone's going through that process, yeah, I'd be much more uh, into the detail and really know what it is you're buying. 
I guess it's like anything, you know, if, if you do a plan and you double the costs and half the return and if it still works, yeah. you, you, you know, it's worth giving it a go. <laughs> that is a really good thing, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, if, if you need to, you know, if you need to get that to that level for it to be worthwhile, then, you know, it's probably a long call because the person selling it's going to say it's amazing and it's probably never going to be as amazing as I think it is. No, ab- so, absolutely. So, so I learned a lot from that experience and, and, and at the time I think I was probably quite naive, but um, it's really worked out for us now. So I think like every, every, all these things, it's a great opportunity to learn, isn't it? And I think you've become a more knowledgeable, rounded business person as a result of everything you do, especially the mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and since then you know, we sold businesses to other people, um, and actually our approach very much has been let's do it in the right way because we know how it feels to to be on the receiving end of not quite the right way um so so the deals that we've done recently uh, um, are a bit more specific and supportive and, and inclusive so so elaborate a little bit on the the deal you've done recently um it's, it's just a couple of years ago um so um i, I spoke about dale carnegie earlier um so we um I ended up managing my dad's business completely. So we went full circle, unfortunately. He's, he's uh, no longer with us. Um, so I ended up back in that business. Um, and then we did a management buyout with the team then, which had bought a business from, from the family and continued that business. Um, very much, yeah, we're still involved with the guys. We have a monthly meeting. We're very supportive and we do everything we can to help that business succeed. Oh, brilliant. So you've got a couple of your, under your belt now. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get back to um, four solutions. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit about who your ideal customer is. Who, who's a ten out of ten customer for you that would you'd love to do business with them, and they'd love to um, be doing business with you? Yeah. So, so our, our key um, customers are generally business professionals or business operations professionals. Um, sectors, you know, the sectors we aim for: uh, um, construction aviation, um, retail, um, and transportation, although we do deliver to just about every, every sector. Um, and actually the key thing for me is we'd like to do business with customers that really have a buy-in and a focus on using the technology. You know, we want to make technology easier for businesses and people to use. Um, and our key, our key customer is somebody that's absolutely bought into that process and wants to work with us to find the best possible solution for their business. Um, it's quite easy to, you know, we can sell stuff off the shelf. We can do transactional business um, mm. and we do quite a lot of that. Um, but the people we really want to do businesses is people who want to grow um, with us and, and on a project basis. So were you totally clear on the ideal customer? Um, I normally say when you started the business, but in your case, perhaps either when you joined the company or when you bought it, like, or, or is who your ideal customer kind of evolved over the sort of years that you've, you've been doing it? Um, no, I've, I mean, yeah, when I first started with the business, um, yeah, I think we were in just about every single sector possible from NHS to construction to aviation to, you know, one, two person bands, um, in, in the services industry, we really have got the, the, the range um, and the variation of products that we can sell and supply or source for people is, is very varied. So one of our biggest challenges has been, you know, who are we and, and who do we provide and who do we work well with? Um, so gradually over the years, it's, it's kind of started out here somewhere and, and just, and just start to, to focus a bit more on, on what are we good at and what are we experienced in? 
and where can we really deliver um, good results for customers. So just to perhaps paraphrase, like you started off trying to be, uh, you know, I guess you've got the capacity to sell anything to anyone, but you started to Almost, focus, yes. you started to focus more on uh, a narrower subset of who these people were and industries and use cases yeah. and what have you. Um, and, I, and I assume you could probably still sell everything to anyone, but I think, you know, it's a, a fairly common th- theme that I hear through these interviews is that by focusing more on, you know, your ideal customer, um, you know, you get a reputation for being excellent at doing this one thing for this one person. And you know, someone who's yeah. not quite in that uh, mix, oh, sorry, someone who doesn't quite meet that 10 out of 10 criteria, maybe they're only eight out of 10, they'll still happy to happily to buy from you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we've got products and services that suit. Um, it just might not be our core marketing focus or our core sales focus. Um, you know, we really focus on yeah, who, who is it we should be having conversations with. Mm. Um, and, and, and we have a, what we call almost a hit list. You know, we, we've got a list of 50 companies we would love to do business with. Um, mm. And gradually, you know, that list is probably a bit, about seven years old. <laughs> and I think, and I think we've got ninety percent of them now. So, oh wow! Um, we, we probably need to renew the list, to be honest. Yeah, you need, um, a, you need a bigger list. <laughs> yeah, and as our business has changed over the last sort of year, um, and we're very much more in the IoT space, um, we probably need a new list. Mm. Well, that's that's really successful. Though. If you, you know, if you've had a list of fifty and you've got ninety percent of them, must be yeah. must be doing something right. How have you managed to get into ninety percent of those customers? Like, is there any like magic tricks you could share with us, or is it? Yeah, what what have you done? Um, I, I, I think the biggest part of that magic trick is writing down who that customer was, yeah, um, and, and then having a not a targeted approach. I don't want to sound like we target people because 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 we don't, but, but actually knowing who it is we want to do business with, mm. um, sharing that with with our our network, um, yep. and then yeah, us as a team have just said every week, you know, let's do something on that target customer or on, on that, on that business, whether that be, we meet somebody at networking, whether that's, you know, we've looked at their website and found out what they're doing. So it's really being genuinely interested in that customer, um, their movements, what they're up to um, and engaging with them in a, in a way um, which is quite human um, as opposed to yeah, sending emails every day, every week. Um, yeah, we just gradually work our way and, and build relationships with people in that business. Um, and some of those have taken a long, long time. Um, some of them are as simple as a quick phone call. Hi, how are you? And they had a need for what we, we, we sold. Yeah. There's mm. only a couple of those, um, but that has happened as well. So. I guess you know, out of those you know, 50 companies, not all of them are going to be in the right place and time to buy it. So you've, some of them might, like you say, you pick up the phone and they just yeah. happen to be looking for it. But I guess the rest, you've just got to somehow maintain and nurture a relationship where they see value in somehow being a part of your ecosystem or world, even if they're not spending any money with you. So that, you yeah. know, when they're ready, you know, you get Absolutely. Call. And offering people some free unbiased advice and support um, is probably how we've won a couple of our biggest customers today. Um, you know, people are in a bit of a pickle or they've had a bit of a hard time or we're not quite sure what direction to go, especially when it concerns um, technology. Um, you know, it's, it's a forever moving target. Um, you know, we suffer with that. You know, what we do today is out of date this afternoon because um, somebody else has bought something else out. Um, yeah. So if we can advise people and, or, or give them some pointers, um, which doesn't cost anything, it might be a, a, an hour's conversation. Um, mm. you know, that's, that's quite often how we, um, win some new business or gain some trust. But that conversation 
might have been a year ago and then it might come back around to you know, now we've got a need for for something we do um, so so yeah we're, we're friendly we're very friendly in our approach to businesses and even businesses we don't know um, I don't know if you have a similar experience. I think you're a HubSpot customer, if I remember rightly. Um, indeed. I um, I had a sort of experience with HubSpot where I, I kind of consumed all of their content and insight and knowledge and, and whatever for probably, I don't know, a good five years before I was yep. in a position to actually buy it. And yes. as soon as I got, a, I went to a job interview where I was like marketing manager, boom, I'm going to go buy it. In my interview, I said, I'm going to buy it. If you give me the job, I'm going to buy it. You know, straight away, we went out and bought it. Um, you know, the, and, and then when I, when I went to another job, um, I was like, I'm going to buy this thing. Like, there was no tender in. There was no, like, I'm going to go and look at anything else. It was, it was like, just I'm going to buy yeah. it. I don't, I don't need to, you know, I had so much trust built up with who they were, what they stand for. And, you know, it just became like a done deal. Like, I didn't. You were need... the HubSpot champion for them. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If anything, their sales process kind of um, stitched them up, really. Like, if they had a buy now button, I would have bought it at a list price. But because I ne- tried to negotiate and had a sub story, <laughs> he ended up giving me yeah. a discount. But I probably would have bought it at a list price if he hadn't <laughs> yeah, had a salesperson. But, but yeah, but then yeah, HubSpot give a lot away for free. Hmm. Um, and and also once once they've hooked you and they know how to charge. But but yeah, yeah. We're, we're fans. It's it's a good experience, and that's one of the things that that, that we are trying to offer is. It's not just products, it's an experience. Um, and it's just defining what that experience might be from our customer's point of view. Um, you know, it's just, it's, an experience is, is different for every single one of our customers. I found that they also gave, they gave a huge amount of value before they asked for any money. Like, and, and I feel like that's just really made a, an impact on me as to how I think. Like, how can I provide value to my ideal customer before asking them for any money to buy anything? Like that, that, and that value, the more value you give out, the more yeah. it's sort of, attracts people to you um yeah that's one of the one of the things i quite like about hubspot um yeah absolutely and then and people remember how um you know you'll remember how you felt it's not what people do it's, it's about how they make you feel and, and i think hubspot be quite good at making people feel welcome and and valued hmm. so back to your um ideal customers um, talk yes. to me a little bit about what the future looks like for your ideal customers. You know, get your crystal ball out and, and look five or ten years down the line. What is what is the world of, you know, operations professionals in the you know aviation or retail sector look like? What, I'm assuming IoT is going to be quite a big part of that future. But give it to me. Give it, tell me what you think the future looks yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, so my my view on that is, um, you know, and and this is how I would like to see my future is imagine a world without any admin um so so you know, the pens the papers the clipboards the folders the books are gone um imagine managing all of your data via a dashboard and actually the data you only need to manage is is the stuff that's important so it might be an exception um it might be an alert um but literally the whole world is as we know is, is connected um, but we can really connect um nearly every part of your business. Um, so yeah, if you've got people wandering around taking temperatures of fridges or food, or and this, is, this is across all sectors, transport, retail, um, you don't need to do that anymore. Um, you know, a housing association, people with fuel starvation, um, you, know, you don't need to find out someone's fuel starved once it's too late, which is an incredibly sad story. Um, how about you find out when they turn their heating off and the house has got too cold and you find out within about 60 seconds of that happening. 
and then you can take some action. Um, so really, uh, we're, we're looking to connect people and things, but manage the data, which is which is important to, to the business. That's how I see a, a future going. I imagine um, kind of like machine learning and uh, AI would start to help to you know interpret like what what are the sort of negative patterns that results in and some action needed to be taken it you probably rely less and less on people looking at a dial or a dashboard or whatever and it'll basically yeah. go like there's, there's 10 things that could be a problem based upon all the data i've got like these are the 10 things you need to go and check yeah absolutely yeah like preventative maintenance that yeah. kind of stuff so yeah we, we can we can read um all sorts of different systems or different sensors and and put together a picture of what might need to happen or what could possibly happen. And what's kind of, what, what are you able to do now? And like, what's this, what does the future state look like? Or what's the difference between, cause I guess some of the things you mentioned you could probably do now, like stick at a sensor on a fridge um, yep. and getting it to a dashboard. But what is, what, what, what's the next sort of iteration? I guess is what you do with the data and that, and like the preventative maintenance and stuff and being a bit more intelligent perhaps with what you. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think you mentioned it a minute ago, just sort of the AI, the, the, the artificial intelligence. Um, I think very much that's, that for us is probably the the, next, the further step. Um, I think the, the current stuff that we do, the, the sensors, the tracking, um, the, the data gathering, um, you know, it's a huge market for us. And, and, and it's only really a small, uh, uh, only a, a very tiny tapped market, I think, from our customers' point of view. Um, so I think yeah, we've, we've got a lot of time in that space to, to support people in getting really compliant and, and saving them some time and some money and effort. Um, but onwards from that, I think the, the AI is, um, you know, could be a real focus for us um, and predicting some of the stuff that's going to happen. So I guess you, um, would your ideal customer typically have these kind of sensors and stuff already in place or, and you're just like going to help them manage their data or do they need the sensors like, cause they haven't got them. So therefore, the first step is to get the sensors in place. So just think about your ideal yeah. customer. Um, so so it's, uh, there's, there's kind of two scenarios there, really. Um, yeah, our ideal is, is we start from scratch with somebody. Mm. Um, so you know, we, we can go in, um, we can help create the business case um, and look at the sort of IoT strategy for them. Um, and through our accelerator program is really, and some workshops, understand their business and actually, where, where might some of this technology fit? Somebody today might not know that there's a solution for a problem that they have. Um, it yeah. might not even be on the radar. Um, so one of our, our key jobs is to really go and understand what their business is doing. And is there a solution there that's going to save them some time or some money or some effort? Um, so, so really understanding it. So somebody with a bit of a blank canvas but an open mind um, would be an ideal customer. Um, but then we've got customers also that... Um, you know, an aviation customer who has about 30 different types of systems with sensors everywhere. Um, but their team are working off of different systems. Um, and actually one of the things that we would look to do is consolidate all of those data feeds into one place. Um, so again, making it easy for our business to perform. Um, so that's somebody who's really established, got lots of info, got lots of data, but actually it's getting it back into one place to make it really useful and specific for that business. Mm. Um, so it's a couple of user cases, but, Ideal world, blank canvas is uh, is always nice to uh, to start with. So, what's the accelerator program? What what is that? So, the accelerator program, um, in terms of kind of our approach um, with a you know, with a brand new customer, um, we would run a couple of workshops to understand you know, their world and, and how IoT might fit into it. Um, we might then 
put together some kind of strategy and, and identify areas that, that are, are good steps or maybe some quick wins for them. Um, and then the accelerator program would be a program we put in place that our customers can test so they can use the equipment, they can get to know it, and they can get some data. Um, these can last sort of 30 days to um, anywhere up to six months. Um, some might be paid for or maybe a contribution from a customer. Um, some may be free depending on how things work. But actually, it gives the customer a chance to effectively try before you buy. Mm. Um, it gives us a chance to get data for them. And ideally, at the end of the accelerator program, we should be able to prove the results that the customer wants. Um, so it really makes it a risk-free process in terms of um, any ongoing commitment or any investment. Um, so that's, that's yeah. so we run those quite often um, for people. So it's, it's, it's like a trial, but um, Accelerate is a quick way to, to get to your IoT goals. What's the sort of minimum budget that someone should allow to kind of start to do business with you? You know, like a corner shop with one fridge probably isn't going to be able to afford your services. Like where, where would it, where would you kind of start? Like what's the sort of minimum uh, kind of level yeah. of investment to work with you guys? Okay. Well, so we, we have kind of four track connect, um, which is like an out of a box solution. Um, so yeah, if we've got a customer with one or two vehicles or one or two fridges, um, yeah, we, we can always have a transactional type sale. So, mm. yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking a few hundred pounds in a, in a tiny subscription a month, you know, maybe 10 quid a month to, to keep this thing connected. And so we have got out-of-the-box solutions for, um, for the smaller customers, and, and they're very important to us as well. Mm. Um, but then if, yeah, if you move on to a, a bigger customer with multiple sites, um, yeah, you, you could be looking sort of, sort of, sort of 10,000 pounds to, to get a, your own built for you um, system and we, and we call it the product is built for you mm. um, so very much we understand what what it what they need we build it for them um, mm. and that could be a real sort of you know ten thousand pounds upwards would be a real kickstart in terms of getting your own system and your own data um, so if someone was to invest 10 grand into that system like what would the what would the roi be like where would the value come from and how would they quantify that 10 grand investment yeah, so, um, and, and again, all this would be worked out in, in part of the workshops and the, and mm. the accelerator and very much it would be documented before we kind of got into it. So we, we'd, we'd have some idea of that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, we're looking at, uh, so currently working on a, on a project with a, a construction site um, and they've got, I think, about 10,000 assets. In the, when I say assets, so I'm talking diggers, dumpers, hand tools, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and all of those assets, the inventory is uh, in the MD's head. Oh, wow. Um, Surprised he hasn't exploded just yet. Um, <laughs> and and, and they, they lose this stuff. Um, they lose it. So I, you know, I was chatting to um, their purchasing manager a couple of weeks ago, and we're currently looking at putting a trial into, into these guys, um, which is probably going to be under £10,000. Mm. Um, we, we're going to track all of their assets. We know what site they go on and off of, what van they go in and out of. Mm. Um, immediately, the purchasing manager who tries to keep track of it won't yep. need to do that anymore. Yeah. The MD is going to have space to think. Um, and just you know, just last week, they didn't have enough cement mixers. Um, so we went out and bought 20 more. Uh, and I think roughly they're about 400 quid each. Yep. The next day, 10 turned up on site. Blimey. so just being able to manage that asset are they going out on hire are they not out on hire who are they with where are they i mean immediately you're going to get change out of your 10 grand on on that that kind of size customer 
And what sort of value of asset does it start off with? You know, would you stick one on a screwdriver or would it have to be a drill that's worth a couple of hundred quid? Like, yeah, where would you, I, sort of, I, I, where would you well, start? I think, I think, I think well, yeah, once you've got a system in place to track an asset is is relatively cheap. You know, you could mm. be up to a couple of pounds a month. So, mm. um, yeah, it's not terribly expensive. So I suppose it just needs to be a, a bit of a, a way off between what's the asset worth um, and, and, and how much it costs to, to, to locate it. But it's not just about location. It's does that asset go out on hire? Have mm. we charged for it properly? Has it come back? Can we get it at, and the utilization? Have we used it for 365 days of the year or have we only used it for 10? Do we need any more? Yeah. Um, so it's much bigger than dots on maps and tracking. It's, it's really about you know, helping manage the business. Yeah, we, I mean, we don't need 20 cement mixes. We only need 15 because, you know, we just need apart, to use from, them a bit smarter. <laughs> apart from one day a year, we don't need 20. So we could just hire them for one day a year and we could have 15 in, in stock or whatever. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the kind of data that you know, is very difficult to visualise or write down. Um, but, you know, but from getting some history um, and having that information coming through, those are the types of things you can manage. Um, that might be a bit of data that, that you want reporting to your business. You know, what's the utilization of my cement mixes? Mm. You know, so, my, pinch points? so um, as someone who doesn't know much about your world, I can sort of visualize two ways of tracking things. Like you've got a barcode, a sticker, you stick on something, or you'd have like some kind of, I don't know, like smartphone chip that tracks it anywhere in the world or whatever. I guess yep. is, is that kind of how it works or? Yeah, so, um, so, so, so there's, there's various ways of doing it, um, but effective. Um, one thing we don't do is, is, is through, through barcodes because yep. um, there's, there's a manual intervention there to start scanning stuff. Yep. Um, so, um, so we would use Bluetooth tags. Yep. Um, so, so very much, you know, your phone's got Bluetooth, it'd be a really small round tag, you know, yep. about the size of a 50p or two yep. pound coin, um, which would stick, stick on you know, They're waterproof, they're weatherproof, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, or we might stick a very small tracking device on there, which has um, GPS and um, GSM. So, so there's a, mm. a SIM card in there effectively, um, or it might have some Wi-Fi in there as well. So um, we can use lots of technologies to track location and then get the information back to effectively the website, which will give you the data. So I guess it depends on the value of the object and how much you would invest on, you know, either the 50p Bluetooth thing or the, you know, I guess something with yeah. SIM card in costs more money. So it's sort of... It does. It's, 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 it, it's yeah, there's an investment um, conversation to be had, but actually also it's, it's a lot to do with the environment mm. um, you know, um, and numbers as well. So, you know, where, where is it you're located? You know, are you indoors? Are you outdoors? Um, mm. you know, a lot of the way we divide our businesses indoor work and outdoor work um, mm. because they both have different challenges so um, indoor um, you might struggle with mobile phone or with yeah. a sim card because you might not have coverage and so it might need to be all wi-fi or um, bluetooth lte or um, outdoors you might get away with something different so very much about the environment the location um, and and what you need it to do so i think you give me a good insight as to how you provide value to your other customers um, how do you get your team to a sort of align behind your kind of vision and goals and make sure that you provide value all through the business from the top to the bottom? Um, there's a couple of things that we do. Um, I, I think uh, being or selling and delivering technology, um, uh, 
we, we have to be all over technology in terms of our daily operations. So, mm. um, so one thing we've always worked really hard on is, is our internal systems. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I started, I think we had about 14 systems um, and gradually over the years, we've whittled away and whittled away and, and brought these things closer and closer and closer. Um, I think today we're oper- operating off of about three systems um, and they all talk to each other. So mm. being clever in IT, and, and that's one of my favorite sayings is, is the Clive Woodward was, if, you win a, if you're clever in IT, you win in IT and you win. Um, mm. Going back to his England rugby days when, uh, when they won the World Cup. Um, so I think IT is a, is a huge um, thing that we, we focus on and getting the right systems in place. Um, but then you, ha- you need the right people to, to, to manage those systems. Um, and we're a really, really, really close team. Um, I, think, um, I think most people here have been here longer than I have. Um, and they're still here, which is great. Um, but we really, you know, we, we live our values um, and we communicate those together. Um, and we hold each other accountable for them. Um, and, and that works every way possible. So it doesn't matter whether you're a CEO or the apprentice. Um, mm. The values matter, and and you can be held accountable by anybody, um, mm. and that's 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 the way we work closely as a team. What are those internal systems that you you've got down to three? Is there anything that you could recommend to other businesses? Or well, one that you'll love is HubSpot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a big fan of that, and yeah. and you know why? Um, yeah. And actually, we've we've really integrated that. We uh, we use it. Um, for our service desk, our ticketing, um, our quotes. So, so hubs and yeah, and every day um, we have a quick five-minute meeting um, as as a team. And HubSpot is the core of that that yeah. meeting. So, so HubSpot's probably the, the biggest thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we link that to zero for our accounting um, and and invoicing. Um, then, actually, the, the last system we have um, is something that we built ourselves. Um, we've got a few clever people behind us that can build IoT and, uh, and, and systems. Um, we, we, didn't, we couldn't find a, an inventory system, uh, an ERP that did everything we wanted. Mm. Um, so actually we, we built our own um, about two and a half years ago. We started that project and finished it 1st of March this year. Mm. Um, um, and we built it in a Microsoft environment. Um, and that does all of our back office stuff and links with Zero and it links with HubSpot. Um, so those are the three systems yeah. if I could have found something off the shelf absolutely yeah, that's one of the things that we're quite keen on as well is buying stuff off the shelf not customising stuff but mm. that's um, it wasn't available so the the investment that you've made into that third thing whatever you whatever you call it um, yeah. do you think that's something that you could uh, see something that you sell to other people or is it so custom to you that it's not any good to anyone else or do you see that as a potential yeah I, I think enough business quite, or, a, or you know yeah maybe not another business but I think it's quite custom to our world um, yeah. and, and and the core focus which we'll probably come on to is um, we used to have a lot of dealers and resellers um, but that resold our products yeah um, we're about to launch um, a new distribution um, and, and reseller channel um, that's, that's due to go live hopefully next month. Um, and part of that is, is the system that we use. Um, I think we're going to try and adopt that through our resellers. Um, so things like you know, we do monthly recurring billing. So every tracker might have a SIM card or at least it's a connection mm. and we charge per connection. Uh, we've got probably, I don't know, 12, 15,000 connections on our books at the moment. Mm. And we have to bill for each one of those separately each month. 
Yeah. Um, and a customer might cancel 10 and put 10 more on and, and, and change during the month. Managing that was our biggest challenge. Um, mm. So actually one of the things we might do is, is pass that system or a copy of that system onto our resellers and our dealers and our distributor um, so they don't have that headache of, of trying to manage um, the recurring connections and the charges. I mean, w- whether you charge for it or not, I, I don't know, but it sounds like um, a very valuable service that you provide because I'm assuming that there are other places to buy the things that you're, you're talking about. And, and if you yep. provide you know, something which one of your competitive advantages could be that you know, there's this amazing management bit of software that you know, does all of these things that you won't get from you know, Bob yep. down the road, but yep. you know, potentially there's a, you know, quite a strong differentiating value proposition between you and the next guy if you know you know yeah whether whether you know whether you pay for it or whether they pay for it or not i don't know but um you know ultimately like if you can help them to manage their business better on top of supplying the the widgets and the bit of software then yeah and maybe that's a bit like bit like hubspot and it's 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 delivering value for people Mm. um and yeah it's, it's hopefully making our customers sticky to us in terms of um, it's working. You know, they can invoice their customers; they get paid for it. Um, mm. uh, maybe that's just part of the part of a value add. Because uh, you know, we are in, we are in a competitive world. I mean, at the sort of hardware end of your your business, like, is that more like? I don't, know, don't know if transactional is the right word, but like, it's a it's a bit more like, well, I could buy this little thing from you for yeah. X, or I could buy it from him for X, and it's the same thing. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so in terms of hardware, you know, across our whole business, whether it's yeah. the radio communications or the mobile phones or yeah. the tracking the IoT side. Um, yeah, we, we, we buy best breed hardware, so we're not mm. a hardware manufacturer. Mm. Um, we haven't tried to be. Um, yeah. Kind of like to be, um, yeah. but it's a, that's a whole, a, whole, a whole new world for us. Um, yeah. so, so we integrate our software and solutions and repackage hardware. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I could sell you a radio tomorrow. You could go and buy it from somebody else. Um, but actually, what is it we can do to make you want to buy it from us. And that might be the advice we give, the end solution, the way we package it. Um, so in terms of hardware, yeah, it is competitive. Um, and when you're in the IoT and tracking world, um, very much, you know, the hardware is a, is a, it's a widget, it's a black box. Mm. Um, and we try not to talk about those with our customers because actually what they want is the software. And mm. in, fact, in fact, they don't even want the software. They just want to know the thing that they want to know. Mm. And it's whether that is that bit of data, whether it's a, a positive bit of data or a negative bit of data, that's all they really need to know. Mm. Um, we've got customers that don't log on to the system. Mm. They just get sent an alert of some sort, whether it's text message, email, whatever it might be, or, or a feed to say, yeah. this is the data you wanted today. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they're logging on looking at it every day, m- maybe that's not, it's not being thought through properly. Mm. I guess if, if someone, you know, trusts you as an organization, it doesn't really matter what that box is. If you, if you promise them something's going to happen, then, you know, it's on your head, whether it's the right box or not. And, um, yeah, I think absolutely. Some, somebody just wants to buy the box probably isn't your ideal customer anyway, I would have thought. No, no. I mean, there is a, out the, you know, the quick out of box stuff, but, but, you know, but with, with our hardware, you know, most of our hardware, we offer lifetime guarantees or warranties with it. Um, mm. We offer rental, which means you, know, you can hire stuff from us. It's always our problem, not your problem. Mm. Um, so there's various ways of packaging it. 
Um, yeah, and, and we promise our customers, yeah, we have money back guarantees, we have a life fund guarantees, we have flexible contracts. Mm. Um, yeah, we, have, we have those promises that we, we absolutely live by. So um, moving on to our next question, is, is, is kind of like what you've learned over the years that you've been in business and perhaps a fictitious scenario. Imagine you had a meeting with a young Tom, you know, fresh out yeah. of, I don't know, university or school or college, depends on how far you want to go back. But um, if you had a meeting with young Tom, what, what, would, what would you tell him that you've learned and that might be advantageous to have known 20 years ago? Um, I, th- I think, um, yeah, if I had a meeting with, with the, the young Tom, um, I would tell him to employ much smarter people than himself, yeah. um, which isn't difficult, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, yeah, get some really clever people on board um and really think outside and it's a bit of a cliche think outside of the box but think further ahead from everybody else um, so that would be one of the key things um that i would uh, i would focus on if i was to do it again hmm. which um leads us quite well into our next question which is around the the plans that you have for the future of your business like obviously don't disclose anything you don't want to have into the uh, public domain it's yeah. like we listen to by a million post, a million people, but your competitors might want to have a listen. Um, so yeah, absolutely. What's, your, what's, your, what's your plans for the future of your business? So, you know, as a, as a business, we've been, um, you know, over the last sort of seven years, it's, it's, be, it's been uh, myself and, and my co-director, Nathan. Um, and, and we've done okay. Yeah, we haven't had massive growth, but we've had some growth um, and we've done an awful lot of shaping our foundation and, and, mm-hmm. and building the base of, of something really positive. Um, and, and we've built a really, really good team here. Um, and in the last uh, few months, um, we've now merged or, or bought another business um, and we've brought in some, some, some really smart people, um, which is very much where the IoT side of, of, of the business has come from. So, so mm-hmm. we're joined by um, what's called Asset Fusion, um, which is now going to be one of our one of our brands. Um, and together, you know, we, we've probably doubled the size of our business in terms of our people. Um, and our potential is now, well, I, I actually don't know how big it is at the moment. I'm still trying to get my head around it because we've yeah. got this new team, a new team of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you'd asked me a year ago, where do you want to be? I'll be like, oh yeah, we want to be turning over 10 million. Um, you know, in the next five years, I don't think 30 million is enough. So, mm. um, so we really want to grow, but actually we want to make a difference to people. You know, I want to rid the world of admin. Yeah. Um, as a bit of a personal quest, I can't stand pens, <laughs> I can't stand paper and <laughs> I can't stand admin. And if I could help other businesses do that, save money and you know, improve their safety, have a bit of fun on the way, then that's something that we really want to do. Um, it, it makes you think about something I said to, uh, Stephen Bavister, you, you may know. Um, yeah, I know um, Steve well, yeah. I said, um, I want to rid the world of salespeople. Now, uh, <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> yes. it doesn't, go, doesn't <laughs> go down too well with some people who work in sales, but um, I guess I, I think about how marketing can make it so easy to figure out what you want to buy that you just buy it. Yeah. And, and I feel like yeah, yeah. a salesperson sort of filling in the, in the gap between what the company tells you and what you need to know. And you know the, the salesperson yeah. is just like trying to interpret needs and a product. But if if you could if get marketing your, was that right, it would be yeah. If, if you could get yeah. that get that process right, and you know maybe calling it marketing is wrong, but you know 
don't figure out what it is you need, have some kind of configurator, like help build the ROI, like all of those things could be automated in some kind of yeah. in web app or something. Like I, I don't think you're going to need salespeople in the way that you, you have them at the minute. They're just sort of filling the gaps between the bits that you can't automate. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah maybe um, we can join forces in the future and see where we yeah, figure no out. No salespeople and no admin. <laughs> <laughs> see, salespeople would like a world without admin. So um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, one one day we might better pull that one off. Um, so another another nice little fictitious scenario for you to ponder. If if yeah. um if you uh, opened up your bank account and found yourself an extra hundred grand in there that you wasn't expecting, and you've already done all of your business planning and you're like, you know that extra thing that we was going to do that we can't do, or now we can do it. What would that extra thing be? What would that hundred grand investment be? I'd probably give it to somebody really clever and trade it on stocks and shares. Um, no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would it be? I where would you think, invest in your business yeah so so in our, in our business i think um there's real chance for acquisition in terms of um you know, businesses like ourselves um which we could acquire and take over to help support our growth so that's that's one area um but but an area that, that the engineer in me really wants to um to to, to get into is, is is look at manufacturing our own hardware um, so have the have the whole solution. So we've got we've got the IoT and the software. Um, we could probably go down the SIM route and the connectivity route, um, but actually look at manufacturing the hardware. Um, I was chatting to one of my clients a couple of weeks ago, um, who's in transportation, um, and you know, he has a device in his cab, and he has a device in his trailer, and he has devices in his office. And he's like, why haven't I just got one thing, one device that connects everything? Um, and actually, we're moving much, much closer to that. Um, so, so something I'd like to invest in is, is manufacturing our own hardware, which, is, which combines everything that we do, IoT, cameras, the whole thing. I reckon a hundred grand. I probably need more than hundred grand. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking, like, you know, I did. Um, uh, my degree was in product design and, and innovation, so I, I'm, not, I'm by no means an expert in it. But um, I'm just thinking a hundred grand probably wouldn't buy you that much of a you know, plastic injection yeah. molding device <laughs> just to make no, it. Once no, you've exactly. Once you've figured out, you know, what it is it's going to do and how it's going to work and whatever. So um, but, it might uh, get you a bit of R&D perhaps to, to figure it out. Or some expansion in other countries. That's yeah. you know, something on our radar, but, but again, that gets, um, yeah, it's quite an investment. Um, but something we might do anyway, but yeah. So we're almost at the end of our interview. We've got, just got time for some quick fire questions. So um, first one is your favorite business book. See, growing up with Dale Carnegie, it would have to be how to win friends and influence people. If I didn't say that, I'd probably get shot by anybody who heard this. So, uh, but no, absolutely. You know, I grew up with it as a kid and um, yeah. So for somebody who hasn't read the book, give them a you know, 30 second synopsis as to what the book's about and why they should read it. Um, I think anybody should read it. Um, I, I, and I'm not a great reader. Um, there, is, there is an audio book. Um, I read it at 16 um, and I've read it since. Um, but it really details how you should treat people and how people should treat you and it's got some really underlying key principles in there which which i think if those are lived um it would deliver success to anybody that applies them brilliant and um, your favorite quote my favorite quote um and again going back going back to that book i suppose there's two 
that's not a favourite, is it? Um, so again, yeah, Dale Carnegie is um, you know, become genuinely, genuinely interested in other, other people. Mm. Um, that, that's one of my favourite quotes that, that I live by. Um, and the genuine part is a key part of that. Um, so really understanding and getting to know people. Mm. So next question, um, your favourite TED Talk or perhaps a, a video uh, similar to a TED Talk that provides a lot of inspiration that you think other people might benefit from? from uh, looking up yeah so um so one of my favorite uh ted talks or um was it quotes or uh, tell you what, look up andy bounds um yep. so andy bounds is a sales trainer yep um his um his mum was um was was deaf so he's at, from from a child he was very good at um using sign language and communicating with people in a way um, that not all of us do. Mm. Um, and I was lucky enough to spend a day with Andy Bounds um, and do some training with him. Completely inspired me. Um, and just one of the things that he says, he's very blunt and he's very northern and he can be a bit crass, but yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that he always talks about is the afters. So he says, always think about the afters. So it's what you're going to get. And, and I don't mean me. I mean, you or, or the person you're sat in front of, mm. what are they going to get out of this conversation? Mm. What's the afters? What are they trying to achieve? What are they going to buy? What's, what's going to benefit them? Mm. And he said, if you don't know the afters, don't have a meeting mm. or don't have a conversation. So um, but look up Andy Bounds. He's on LinkedIn, but really um, find him very inspiring. I'll, uh, I'll do that. Um, so it kind of perhaps answers the next question. I was going to ask you who inspired you the most in business. I and mean, he sounds like an inspiration. Someone's inspired you. Is there anyone else that you can come yeah, to? Yeah, there is. And, and, you know, without trying to finish on a sad note, um, yeah, my dad was my mentor and my coach from a very, very young age when I was successful in motocross. You know, he used to stand next to me and, and, and tell me I was a winner. And, and, and yeah, that was uh, one of the things that I would constantly tell myself. Um, and he's very much been my my coach on a personal business um, professional level um, for for the whole of my life. Um, unfortunately, yeah, he, he's he passed away sort of six years ago. Um, I've never really filled, filled those boots. So, um, yeah, if I could get him back to be my mentor and my coach, I would. Um, but still, a lot of the stuff that he's inspired me to do really really lives with me, um, and I draw on that um, fairly often. So, um, yeah, nobody is around now, um, but yeah, he's 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 key for key for what I. I guess um, sometimes what I find useful is like to try and figure out what to do. You sort of say, like, what advice would I give myself? And, and perhaps in your, your example, you could say, well, if I was to ask my dad this question, what, do, what would he tell me? And you, you probably know a good amount about your yeah. dad and what he would have said in those scenarios. And just kind of rather than saying, what should I do? Just like, what, what would my dad tell me to do? Yeah, and quite often I, I say, what, what, what would he think? Yeah. Like, and, and, and then that helps me uh, <laughs> sort out the answers. And if you sort of put yourself into his shoes and think like, what would he tell me? You, you probably could go some way to knowing what he'd actually tell you because you yeah. know him so well. And, you know, you've got so much out of that relationship in, in the time yeah, that you yeah. did have with him. You probably could, um, you know, get halfway there most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably, um, I don't know. Could you like boil down his kind of like advice into a, sort of snippet that we could share with our audience like what you know if i asked him what would what would your advice be setting up and running a business what would he say uh, be a human being not a human doing that was his uh, yeah 
That's what one of his last little kind of mantras. Very profound. I, I like yeah. that. Um, so we're right into our interview. Um, the last thing that I um, want to do is just give you an opportunity to share anything that you, you haven't already been asked or is anything that you'd like to summarize or uh, just to give it a bit, bit of a free open mic for you to say something that you'd like to share with all it's. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, it, I've really enjoyed today and I've enjoyed the questions and they've really, really made me think. Um, and in terms of um, having a bit of an open mic, um, you know, we're looking to expand our business. We're looking for dealers, resellers, new customers, new relationships, new partners and suppliers. Suppliers are key to us. Um, you know, we're an open bunch. We're really about building strong relationships. So, you know, if you think we've got something in common, whatever that might be, you know, please reach out to us and have a conversation because that's how we build and survive and grow. Um, and that's how other people do as well. So, and you can contact me on my email, tom at forcesolutions.co.uk um, or I'm happy for you to um, just give me a call on my mobile 07920815772. But please just reach out to us. Maybe you can share this podcast with a, with a couple of those people and hopefully they'll get to the end to hear your phone number to give you a call. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, um, thanks very much for your time today, Tom. And um, I look forward to catching up with you again soon. You're welcome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for your time.